0: You know, the interesting thing about the Lord is that He is the healer. And one thing He came to do is heal the brokenhearted. And what happens with us oftentimes, what I'm talking to you about today really, is about having a heart for the Lord like David. That's really what I'm talking to you about. And so David walked with God from the time he was a little shepherd boy until he was a king. And he walked with the Lord the whole time. Now, he messed up majorly. He got in adultery. He actually sent soldiers out to kill the husband. If you don't know this in in the Bible, you should look it up, because it'll make you feel good about yourself. (laughs) He sent soldiers out to kill the husband of the woman that he was in adultery with. And I'll tell you something else. What I believe is that David was supposed to be out to war with his men, but he stayed back. And because he stayed back, he fell prey to temptation because he was not in God's will. And this is what happens to us. The, I, that's all right, guys. I thought that song had a line about the brokenhearted. And no, no, you can go. It's the second song. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk a, a little bit about that because the reason we live the way we do is because of the brokenheartedness of our sin and our sin past. And the reason that we don't always live up to our standards and how we want to live before the Lord is because we haven't gotten fi- healed completely in our soulish realm from those hurts. And so that song had an anointing on it about that. And I believe in the name of Jesus that today the Lord wants to speak to some of you about getting healed. Getting healed physically, of course, but getting healed emotionally and mentally and spiritually. But mainly emotionally and mentally. You know, God gave us brains to use, but they are not to rule us. Our spirit man is set to rule us. That's what the Lord desires that we follow and that we use our brains to make smart decisions, right? So the thing with David is he loved God with his whole heart. And there's a scripture where um, actually Paul quoted it, and it's in Acts 22, I believe it is, 9. Actually, Acts 13, 22. And Paul is referring to how God felt about David. Now, here's David the adulterer. Here's David the murderer. Here's David the disobedient who did not go to war with his men when he was supposed to, okay? Do you ever hear that about David? Don't you always hear about what a wonderful shepherd boy he was? <laughs> and last week, Pastor Jeff preached about him slaying a giant at 17. And, you know, I do love David. It sounds like I'm down on him. But I'm using him as an example. Because if David can do it, we can do it. If David can live for God his whole life, we can live for God our whole life. No matter if we mess up. Or let's say it like this. When we mess up. Because David really messed up so I'm going to show you a few of David's traits here and uh, we can take on those traits I'm a woman Uh, the Lord didn't make male or female he in the sense of spiritually we're all spirit people right they I adore the male gender I adore my husband but the point is, and I tell the girls this all the time don't back down, sisters, because we are 50% of God's army, and the devil will shut your mouth if he can. And he'll shut your mouth in prayer, he'll shut your mouth in speaking the word, he'll, he'll, he'll shut your mouth any way he can. He'll do it with men too. Just don't back down in the spirit. Don't get weird, but listen to the Lord and live for him. And listen to his voice and obey him. And uh, let's read this scripture where uh, Paul is referring to how God felt about David. After he had removed him, he's telling the story about God removing Saul right before that. He raised up David to be their king. And he said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my, the the correct translation is wills. It sounds funny, plural, but it is plural in the correct translation. A man who will do all my wills. So a woman who will do all my wills, even if it means back down in some situations, which I had to do, because I felt called to preach as a young girl. And then the Lord brought me to my husband. And it would be interesting to you, the story, but uh, it's, it is pretty fascinating. Someday I should make a movie about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God gave me a choice about marrying him. And I was fasting and praying about whether I should marry him or not. And the Lord told me what he was called to. And what he was called to, he's done a lot of great things. But what the Lord told me he was called to is for this hour. And it's interesting because he hasn't really moved into his calling yet which is interesting. But I knew, he, the Lord told me, he gave me a choice, and he said it's going to be really hard, but it, it was kind of like he was saying, will you take this on? I know it sounds funny if I say that in front of my husband. He makes all kinds of jokes about it, about how hard it is to be married to him, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have to say, you know, I, I do tell the girls that, it took me about seven years to learn how to fight fair, because I'm a fighter. And, you know, I had two older brothers, and all I wanted to do was win the fight, and I didn't care if I wrecked the relationship in the process. So I went into marriage with that. See, this is what I'm talking about, about God healing our soulless realm, the things of our past. Was I saved? Absolutely. <laughs> Was I spirit-filled? Absolutely. Did I love God with all my heart? Absolutely. But did I attack my husband? Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you would not even believe it. We're like newlyweds now. I mean, our kids laugh at us. Chelsea says, all Dad wants is to get you alone, Mom. It's a joke. It's a family joke. But it is true. She escorted her dad today, by the way. But the thing is... So I said yes to God about it. And it was all about the end time church. It was all about the end time move. And you know, that is upon us. It's a little scary, but it's not scary when you're connected to God. So, what am I talking to you about today? Is getting all this junk off of us, all of the worries, all the cares all of the craziness in our thinking, all of our unhealed soulish realms, let's get them healed. Let's get our souls healed so we act right. And I have to say about my husband, I will give him this. He has loved God. That's that's how I fell in love with him, his sense of humor and his love for God. It just was like, oh my goodness, I have to live with that. (laughs) I'm serious. It's just, I mean, that was the number one thing. He loved God as much as I did. And it was like, wow. and, and uh, But anyway, so God said, and I said, okay. So in marrying him, I had to sacrifice certain wants of my own because here I am called to be the helpmeet of a guy that everything was gonna be built from scratch. I can't pursue my own dreams and desires and so I shared this with a young guy lately because the thing is, is you have to make sure when you're marrying someone, they're wanting to take on the role they're going to get. And if they're thinking they're going to take you and change you, then it's not the right match. And I knew I wasn't called to change him. I was, a, I was called to be his help meet. That's not a negative thing, believe me. It's Incredible when you get to help somebody fulfill the call. I mean, I see things by the Spirit. This church is a called church. There's an anointing here. People talk about candlestick churches. What the candlestick is in a church is the light to the world and to the community. That's a candlestick. And when a church is reaching a community and reaching out and burning bright the way it's supposed to do, its candlestick is... Functioning the way it's supposed to. So much weird philosophy and theology. It's like, just give it up and let's just win some souls and get, get the Lord back here and let's live this out the way God wants it. Let's walk in love, let's support people, let's be the Christians we're supposed to be. How about it, you know? So, you know, this is the thing in life, we can choose to push and push and push negatively in situations, we'll never be happy. Or we can choose to push with God and, and believe with him to see what his will is and what he wants to come to pass. And believe me, that's a fun life. I mean, I, I don't even know if that makes any sense to you. But what I get about David being a man after God's own heart, is that he wanted to do God's wills. My husband does not want to build a ministry. My husband does not want to have a platform so people will listen to him. My husband wants to do the will of God. That's who he is. He was that when I married him. And he wasn't in ministry when I married him. In fact, I had already applied to Bible school before I connected with him, and he had applied. And then we got together and went to Bible school together. In fact, all my classes were in my maiden name because I was accepted and going before I got with him. But uh, he was always like that. So what's on my heart today, and this week I've been praying about the male gender, I guess, if you want to call it, the men of God. It's been on my heart because there's a call in the Spirit for men to rise up in the Lord and not to build a platform. Too many people are into that. So many, I don't, I'm not going to judge them, but that's what it's all about with them. But really, that all needs to be laid down. I, I mean, I have a story I don't know if I should tell it or not, Lord. (laughs) Well, I'll tell it when I'm talking about some of these traits of David, because it fits right in with one of them. But, you know, all of us in life. Now, God calls people to be career people. Why does he do that? He sends you into the world so that you can change it. No one else can get in those places but you. You are called, you are anointed, you are destined, you are mighty in him, and if you flow in him, you'll move in a supernatural way. You'll even get ideas on how to make money that you would never dream up yourself. God calls people to be teachers. Why does he do that? To touch the lives of the kids, the parents, the other teachers, the the principal. There, wherever you are placed by the Lord, you are anointed to be there. I have told the story and I won't really elaborate on it but when I was teaching high school I two weeks before I taught high school, the way you know when a prophet is a prophet is if it comes to pass what they prophesy and I was a single girl in the audience of a meeting and uh, I was teaching and It was interesting because he didn't know me from Adam, I didn't know him from Eve, you know. (laughs) Joke, joke. So then he calls me out of the audience, he prophesies over me, you're gonna be called upon on your job to do something that will be very scary. And don't be afraid, you will not lose your job, and God will protect you, just obey him. The second thing he prophesied over me is Acts 27 and 28, and said, my life depicted the life of Paul. And that I would say, this is the way it is, this is the way it is, this is the way it is, and people would not listen. And then people would be shipwrecked, and some different things would happen in their lives. And then in the end, people will bring their sick to you. That's what this man prophesied over me as a single teacher. So, two weeks later, a kid in my class said, Miss, my maiden name, Why are you so happy? I said, oh, because of Jesus. I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm saved. They said, well, can I get saved? And I said, yeah, you can get saved. So then I began to tell them how to get saved. Can I get saved right now? So there I am. Okay, public school. What do I do, Lord? A big public school. What do I do, Lord? the word comes back to me. Don't be afraid. Obey God. God will protect you. Now, whenever I've told this story, I've tried to explain it because this is the way it is when God uses you. It wasn't like I was present. It it, it wasn't like I was, I I mean, I felt like I was standing back and watching God do something supernatural. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know how else to explain it. But the spirit of God was moving so mightily. And that day... I think about 34, got saved, spoke fluently in tongues. Got saved and spirit-filled, spoke fluently in tongues. I didn't, it just was a move of God. Then, they're running through the hallways. I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. And I'm going, oh my goodness, oh no. Okay, so then, so then, they keep bringing their friends back all week. About 65. All saved. All spirit-filled. All speaking in tongues fluently. And I'm going, Lord, oh my Lord, what is going to happen? Well, that was April. And then I, you know, the prophecy. Nothing ever happened from that. Parents were very happy about it. It was interesting. So then, May, I went to Israel with Pastor Jeff. And then uh, we came back and got married here a month later, one month later, and then we went to Bible school. But uh, we were going to get married in Israel, but I knew it would really break our parents' heart because they didn't really want us to get married because we were so on fire for God. And uh, his mom didn't want him to live for God at all. And she said, if you marry her, you will, live for, you will be this preacher thing forever. And it really bothered her. She wasn't saved. She felt he had a great future And she didn't want it to be in Christianity. You know how it goes. But we got married, and 35 people, about somewhere in there, got saved at our wedding. It was a move of God at our wedding. And at our wedding, we had a prophecy about our children. And right before uh, the wedding, I had a personal prophecy. Do not refuse to have children, because I will use them to reach the nations. So that, they didn't know that I was considering not having children because we were going to go all over the world and preach the gospel. And how would we take our kids all over the world? Well, we have since they were babies, all of them. We've packed them up, taken them all over the world. Has never. It's, it's work. But it's worth the work. I mean, they, I remember Addison saying she didn't feel normal if she wasn't traveling. So I wonder how she feels right now. Where is she? Because <laughs> we haven't traveled, you know, for a while. But, you know, they've been to Africa and uh, some to Cambodia, some to Czech, Czech some, uh, of course, we lived in England, been to France, been to Kosovo. We've been Israel. We've been all over the world because that is the Lord's call on this church. And my daughter Chelsea, she weeps over the nations. She will cry. She cries over the nations. They all love the nations. But the burden has been so great on her that, you know, I, I know God wants to use her. She talks about the children on the trash heaps in the Philippines. So I said to her, Chelsea, plan a missions trip whenever we can do it, whenever it's legal. Let's get a mission team going down there and reach those kids. I mean, we've got jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But it's interesting that at our wedding, somebody had to exhort me on that because I thought I can't do this and have children. Isn't it funny how our mind works? It's crazy. You can do anything with or without kids. You can do anything married. You can do anything single. The devil is a liar. He, he wants to hinder you. You know, we never had money, but we went all over the world with our kids because we believed God. And I'll hear, you know, young parents, uh, this is before, of course, the pandemic, I'd say, take your kids to the nations. Oh, we can't afford that. We could never afford that. <laughs> and if you keep saying you can't afford it, you'll never afford it. That's right. Whatever you believe God for, you can have. And we're, we've only just begun. We're going to get through this thing. We're, we're taking teams all over the world. The world is getting changed through this church. It's the truth. It's the truth. That's God's plan. That's God's call. So the thing my points is walk with God. There are major benefits from walking with God. And I'm gonna go over a little bit of the benefits. Psalm 103, 2 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. This is a biggie right here. And this is what I believe God wants to do today with people. He redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness, compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things. Now listen up on this. If you're over 50, listen to this. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. My youth is renewed like the eagle. Say that. Say, my youth is renewed like the eagle. You know what an eagle does? It gets up there and soars, man. It soars. It just soars. Have you ever seen an eagle? Who has never seen an eagle? Ever seen an eagle fly? Oh, wow, everybody has. An eagle soars. You are supposed to soar. I know it's not a word, but you are (laughs) soarers. You are supposed to soar. What is this stuff? Worrying all night long in anxiety. God, God, what's gonna happen? What is that? Get up there and soar and say, oh, I see what's gonna happen. God's going to come through. We're going to recover all. Right? That's who God is. I love it. (laughs) So I'm calling you guys to rise up in the Lord. So much more for you. Every single one of you. So much more for you. If you get a hold of God yourself, like, you know, I'll tell women this. Your husband is not your source. Your husband is not your supply. They're not. Jesus is your supply. If we live as individuals, except this is really funny. Pastor Jeff had a birthday this week, which it was awesome. People prayed for him. People blessed him. He's like a little kid. It was a, was a good birthday. But I said to him, you know, we're one in God, so it's my birthday, too. <laughs> he loves stuff like that, so that's why I do it. But, uh, but other than that, we as individuals, men, your walk with God has nothing to do with your woman. Now, single guys, this is the best time for you to learn that. My husband was in the Word confessing the word, believing God for finances, believing God for advancement when he was single. That's why I was attracted to him. And he's still that way. He's in the word. He seeks God. He prays every day like crazy. And then he always says, I'm never in the word enough. And I just look at him and just go, I can't even believe it. But but your walk, I know you would say that your wife is like I was, and that's why you're like you are. Does that make you feel funny? <laughs> no, like uh, how it, that was supposed to be a joke, but uh, <laughs> but it maybe was too serious. <laughs> but what I mean by that is, I did really lamb blast my husband, and you know what he did with me? He lived out the word with me. I would get so mad at him because he would walk in love toward me, and it would make me more mad. I'm serious. I'm just honest. I'm so honest. It's true. And so finally one day I realized, well I guess this is really how you're supposed to be. You're really supposed to love your mate and be kind to your mate. And I, I transitioned at some point. And you know, he would say to me when we would be in the middle of something, you are for this marriage, right? <laughs> and I would say, yes I'm for this marriage, that doesn't make any difference. <laughs> this is the issue. (laughs) And uh, then he'd say, we need to fight together for this marriage, right? And I'd say, oh, I guess. (laughs) But you know what, guys? His behavior changed my behavior. Now, that sounds really weird, because my walk really didn't depend on him either. My walk was me. But he did what he was supposed to do in the Lord. He loved me. And then I would respect him, but I just wouldn't let him know I respected him. But I finally got to where I could humble myself enough that I could let him know. And I got to where, see, I didn't really open up in the beginning to him. I am completely open to him now in every way. I think we have an incredible marriage. And it's only because of the Lord. I'm not going to put him down for his weaknesses. I'm not going to put him down for his sensitivities. He, he doesn't put me down because that isn't the Christian way. And so back to David. But I think these things are good. I think it's good to show that a man and woman can really change over time where their marriage actually becomes better than when they were newlyweds. That's really a miracle in God, but you know what? That's God's way. That's God's way. So earlier in, the song, in that song, when they were singing that, I told you that I felt like God wanted to heal broken hearts today. And our behavior stayed the same because we don't get the healing in our soulless realm that we need. And you know, by applying the word in our life, we do get healed. Eventually we recover. And so what what I was sharing today is, I, is I'm gonna share a little bit if I have time. Yeah, I do good. About Ziklag, because the devil comes in to steal. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and, and to dis- Destroy, steal, kill, say that again. To steal, to kill, destroy. Destroy what? Your marriage. Destroy what? Your kids. Destroy what? Your finances. But Jesus came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Okay, we get saved, right? We're saved. So we're saved. So I go away to college and I backslide for two years. And then I came back to the Lord. And Addison had a word in the first service about kids away at college and, and about grown children. And that the Lord was, draw, was near them and he's drawing them back. And he is married to the backslider. And I want to tell you, he was married to me. And uh, it, what's so funny is I almost got convinced into marrying somebody else. And that person actually quoted First Corinthians 13 to me. And I thought, you know, he, he was trying to persuade me to get married and things. And I thought, oh, this must be God. But it absolutely was not God. Pastor Jeff was in my future. So the point being, don't be deceived by anything. Don't be deceived by religious talk. Don't be deceived by someone else's fervency that wants a platform and wants to speak into your life. There's a lot of that right now. Don't be deceived by that. Back away from that, actually. Way away from that. And you listen to the voice of the Spirit. He's doing something new right now. He's doing something mighty right now. He's doing something powerful right now. God is moving. God is working mightily. He really is. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, God is working. So what happened here with David, we know that he sinned. The wonderful thing about David, I'm going to flip over to his characteristics, and then I'm going to go back and talk a little bit about Ziklag because mainly I talked in the first service about recovery and restoration You know, when someone goes through addiction recovery, sometimes people feel like they're recovering until they go to heaven. But what I really believe the Lord wants is for people to go through recovery to learn how when they're under pressure to use God's word in those situations, how to pray effectively and and conquer the things that actually pulls them into the addiction through faith and prayer, and then go to God and get their minds renewed with the word, like getting a a, um, a Bible study where you're studying the word uh, a lot about renewing the way you think about things. It is mind renewal, but a good kind of mind renewal, mind renewal with the Bible. It changes us, it changes our behaviors, Just like when my husband walked in love toward me, it changed me toward him. Uh, I want to talk about David's traits. David had a solid trust in God. He knew that God was with him through every situation and every circumstance. And he would look back to how God had brought him through things, like with the lion and the bear. We all know that. That was one way. He kept a focus on the Lord. He loved God's word. He wrote the majority of the psalms. Think about that. Those psalms are incredible, like Psalm 119, 42 and 48. If you ever need a spark about believing God, would you get me water, hon? Uh, read Psalm 119, and then say all of those psalms out loud. Thank you so much. Um, about loving the word, loving the law. And... Um, it, it says, how blessed are those, thank you, <laughs> that love thy law. They are, it brings blessing automatically. He was grateful. He expressed a grateful and a thankful heart all the time. He wrote, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Uh, I will enter his courts with praise. And it's he had a thankful, grateful heart. And if you find that you're not grateful, shake yourself out of that. Start being grateful for everything. Oh, thank you for that. That was so. That was such a blessing that you did that. Oh, just be grateful. Thank God all the time. Oh, God, thank you for that parking spot. Thank you, Lord. You're so faithful to me. Yeah, everybody's relating to that. It's good, though. He does get you parking spots, doesn't he? <laughs> I love it. So a grateful heart. It's so important. Um, he was repentant and he was humble. So we've got to work on that. I see pride hinder people so much. They're afraid they'll look stupid in front of people. I mean, you know, I'm up here perspiring and I don't care what you think about me. (laughs) But, But you know what? But you know what? God will free us from the fear of man You know what reverence is? It's fear of God. Reverence of God is what the church is coming into, a true reverence. Uh, I heard Keith Moore say recently that he had to ask people to bow their heads and close their eyes when he was praying. He said, I couldn't even believe it. They're Christians. And the reverence level, he he was blown away by it. And when he shared that, it struck me. Where's the reverence? Where's the honor? Where's the loyalty? David was loyal. David was loyal. Where's the loyalty? Think about it. Where's the loyalty to the mate? Where's the loyalty to the children? When you tell them you'll do something, you do it. Like that's something Phil said at his parents' funeral that when his dad said he'd do something, he knew he would do it. Where where is that faithfulness? We've got it, don't we? And we're moving in it, right? And this is the hour for it. So David had that. Now, we know David sinned. But the cool thing about David is he didn't cover it up. He didn't say, "The, the girl made me do it. The girl was naked on the roof. It's all her fault. She was there naked, God. I'm so sorry, but that's what happened. That's why I got in adultery with her. He didn't do that. He didn't even mention the girl. He said, I have sinned against God. I have sinned against God. A missionary, that is a real funny missionary, he was just saying that everything we do, God is there with us. So if you're in sin, God is there with you. You think you're hiding from God? You're mean to your mate? You think God's not there? You don't think he sees it? you mean to your kids? You don't think God doesn't see that every parent yells at their kids so don't be under condemnation and husbands and wives fight but the thing is is learning how to fight fair and how to work out the problems and how not to stay there how to get out of it and how to really love each other and put the other one before you it's loving someone like Jesus loves people if everyone would love in their households how Jesus loves Wow, could you imagine? But you know what? If we aren't humble, you can't love that way because you're afraid that you'll be hurt, me. You're afraid of what will happen to me if I humble myself with this person. How will they act toward me? What will happen with me? And like if we mess up with our kids, apologize. Don't just say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry that I yelled at you like this. I'm sorry that I went from anger to rage because that's sin. Anger's not wrong. Rage is sin. I'm sorry I did that. That's wrong behavior because that will help your kids grow more than you yelling at them. They will see what a Christian is like and what they're meant to be. It's a powerful thing. So David... Admitted his sin. Then David said to Nathan, the prophet, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, this is the Lord. The Lord also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. So the Lord, when he repented, when David repented, removed his sin. That's what God does. We shouldn't be afraid to humble ourselves before the Lord. He only does good by us. And being humble It comes before exaltation, and it's a a very good thing. In Psalm 51, if you ever want to see, that was David's prayer of repentance. If you read Psalm 51, I don't have time to read it to you. It's a very powerful psalm because that's where David was repenting of that sin that had separated him from God. So he was repentant, and he, he was humble before the Lord. I'm going to quickly go through this because um, we're going to take communion. So I want to exhort you this way, that for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in a time of calamity. We're sort of in a time of calamity. So if you've fallen, get back up. And that's not the commercial. Just if you've fallen... (laughs) If you've fallen 30 times, get back up. God is there for you. God loves you. God is a miracle worker. God has so much for you. And I want to say to you, do not judge other people. You don't know what they're going through. Refuse it. You know, I I don't understand people talking behind people's backs. I just don't get that. If you're going to say something, say it to their face. I mean it. Why is that go around and gossip about people? People act like that's not sin. Look it up in the Word. It's as much sin as anything else you'll do. Gossip is sin. Christians, don't be a part of that. Don't talk evil. The Bible says, speak evil of no man or woman. Speak evil of no one. I want to exhort you to be sober and alert because the devil wants you separated from God and wants to condemn you for it. So first he wants to separate you from God, then he wants to condemn you for being separated from God. It's interesting, isn't it? That's how he works. The Bible says that he roams around like a lion looking for someone to devour. And I'm just saying, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. Just don't let it be you. That's what I'm saying to you today. Um, I just want to say this to you. Don't let fear rule your life. Don't make your decisions based on fear. I'll do this because I'm afraid if I don't. No. I'll do this because the Holy Spirit's telling me to do it. Don't base decisions of your life on fear. The Lord will lead you and guide you. He will show you. It's real clear. If you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is the power endowment from heaven to help you live the life. But if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. I was saved for, until I was at the end of college and not filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I got mad that nobody ever shared with me I could be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard it my whole life. Went to church my whole life. New Christians. Not one person ever told me about it. So don't let that be said of you. You tell people out there about it. Because it's a powerful, good thing, and it helps people. But you have the Holy Spirit, and the way you're led by the Holy Spirit is in the inner man. You just kind of have a knowing, they say. That's what they call it. But what that means is that you know it's okay to do this. Now, I heard it taught, and I'm not teaching on how to be led by the Spirit today, but that is, we're going to get into some all of those kind of things to help you more and more on how to be led by the Spirit because it's so important in your life. But you start moving in the direction that you feel the Spirit is leading you. And, and if you don't have a check, so you take those steps forward, and if you start having a check, then you either go to the right or you go to the left. But you'll, if you go to the right, then you'll know, by, by, you'll just have, know that you, can, you don't have a stop inside. And so that's really how you learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. I know that's super simple. But I remember years ago thinking, how can I learn to hear the voice of God? I did learn how. It is something you can learn. And you learn it by practice. And you sometimes will fail And you'll think that was the Holy Spirit and you'll do it and then you'll realize that was not the Holy Spirit. But see, it's a learning experience. And you realize, oh, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. But when I did this, that was the Holy Spirit. Then you start getting really good about it and you can tell. It's good, huh? I'll say this to you. I move in the gift of prophecy. I I have been for 40 years. And uh, it's something, the Bible says that Prophecy is subject to the prophet. That's why I prophesy and learned over the years that you can move in and out of the spirit. And I heard stories in Bible school about this great man of God that you may not know, but a lot of people that study old-time saints would know his name. And he would move greatly in God and be accurate, and then he would actually move and not be led by God. <laughs> and uh, I won't even tell you the stories because it's kind of bad. But, but the thing is, we, don't, we are not led by prophets. That's what I want to say to you. We're under a new covenant. We are to hear from God ourselves. There's a big prophecy move in the earth right now, and everybody's prophesying over everybody. I told you that story about that guy calling me out, not knowing me from Adam or Eve. And he called me out and prophesied over me. It was completely accurate. It's exactly what my life has been like. Like the Paul with the shipwreck and who'd saying, it's going to be this way, and people don't listen and then they shipwreck. And it's been that way. So I got, I got to where I don't give people unsolicited advice because they won't take it anyway. So if I perceive something in the spirit, I just pray. But... You have the ability to hear from God for your life. And uh, if you do get a prophetic word, you test it because they are men, they are women. I'm not even judgmental toward them because I understand. They're trying the best they can. But we see through a glass darkly. So you always put prophecy on the shelf. You never form your life by prophecy, ever. You do never go to another city by prophecy. You never marry a person by prophecy. You never do anything by prophecy. You, do it, you can get a confirmation, but you, it originates in your spirit first. Do you understand that? You don't take something that did not originate in you. Now, when that guy prophesied over me, what he was doing is warning me. And he was preparing me for the hardship of the ministry when he said my life would be like the Apostle Paul. And he was preparing me for the hard knocks. And it helped me. It's helped me all these years. So, you know, we've had a lot of prophecies in our lives. And some have been on track and some have not. And uh, our mentor, I think he, he had like hundreds of prophecies over him. And I think he told us in our school that either two or three were accurate in his whole life. So you got to watch it in this hour when everybody's prophesying, okay? It doesn't mean you despise prophecy. You open to it, but you put it on the shelf and you pray accordingly to what God's put in your spirit for your life. Well, I'm not going to get to read about Ziklag, but I'll tell you a little bit about it. Just that David lost everything at one point in his life, They lost their children, they lost the wives. An army came in and stole everything when they were out fighting a battle. And lost all their goods and they came back and they wept so hard that there was no strength left in them. They cried so hard, David and the men, the mighty men that were in that cave with him that were in debt, disgruntled and discontented that had turned into mighty men. They wept over the loss of their families And those guys that were very loyal to David turned on him because of that attack. So, you know, I've experienced that. Anybody in leadership, you've experienced that where people turn on you. They always say, I'm loyal to the end, and they're not, as soon as they say it, you know they're out the door. I've pastored a long time, 40 years, man. I've seen it all. (laughs) But I don't, you know, I always pray for God's best for them because that's really what I want for people. But, so, they've lost everything. What does David do? First of all, they weep and cry. They're all attacking him. They want to stone him. They want to kill him. They're so mad at him. They feel like it's his fault. It's like I said earlier, how David didn't blame everybody else for his sin. Well, they were blaming David for the attack. So David encouraged himself in the Lord, first of all. That's a very famous saying. And then... He inquired of the Lord. He went to Abiathar and said, let's inquire of the Lord. That's what you do guys. Every single time, that's what you do first. Every single time, inquire of the Lord. Don't inquire of a prophet. Don't go so you can get prophesied over. Inquire of the Lord. The Lord is the one. He will see you through. He will make a way for you. He will create a door where there is no door. He created a job for me one time when it didn't even exist. And that job, I prayed about it. They created this job over the state of Missouri and put me in charge of it. It was a, it was a shock. He created it out of the blue. It didn't exist, then it existed. You think God can't do it? Absolutely He can do it so then they inquired of the lord the lord said go in there and recover all and you'll get it all back they went in there they got it all back so whatever the devil has stolen from you get it all back by faith take a stand be strong be strong in the lord and the power of his might. not strong in yourself strong in the lord Believe Him for things to change for good in your life. God can do it and God will do it.